Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Right, record right. Just want to make sure microphone. I don't want the same thing happened last week. Um, I think I'm okay this time. Shouldn't <laughs> be any issues. Um, right. Okay. Here we go. Hi there, welcome to the Galbraith Report. He's Jade Galbraith, former ice hockey player. I'm Craig Anderson, ice hockey writer. He's the guy with all the talent. I'm just here for, well, I'm just here for the looks, aren't I, really? Um, <laughs> you love, it. love saying that, don't you? <laughs> um, firstly, I want to apologise again for the cock up with the microphone last week. Totally my fault. Hopefully it's a lot better this week. And I'm glad to see quite a number of you have uh, have tuned in and listened to us. Uh, Jade, it's been quite a quite a great response so far from, from doing this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I have no idea on how this stuff even goes about. So to see even 10 people listen was uh, pretty cool that 10 people would want to, you know, hear what we had to say. So that's a great start. Again, I, I have no expectations on, on this. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, well... You know, I really don't care. So, uh, again, we're doing this because we think some people might want to hear our opinions. So, you know, if you want to listen, great. If not, you know, whatever. See ya. Anytime you want to get in touch with us, we're on Twitter at Galbraith Report, even on Instagram at Galbraith Report. We've got a Facebook page too. So fire over any questions you might have and we'll, we'll bring those up in future editions as well. So, Jade, how's your week been? Uh, it's been all right. Um uh, not much going on here, you know, same old, same old, uh, training my kids uh, on the ice. I was on the ice last night, so I uh, had, had some of my guys on there. Uh, it's the last couple practices before the spring season starts, so we're getting ramped up for that. But, um, you know, same old, just going about my day, old guy, watching hockey, trying to learn every day. So how about yourself? Yeah, um, well, just as we record today, I've come in on the back of a horrific 8-1 defeat for the <laughs> Glasgow clan. Um, yeah, I saw that. I worked for the club, so uh, it wasn't a, wasn't a good watch. And uh, my daughter's got COVID, so that's not so good. Oh, shoot. Damn it. She's, she's fine. Oh she's six God. years old. She's resilient. She'll be fine. So um, she gets to stay in the house for a week. So she gets us she gets me, to wait on her hand and foot. Well, you do that anyway, don't you? Well, you're not wrong to be. (laughs) You have to. You have to, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. But we've got a good few topics lined up. You mentioned coaching the kids. That's a topic we're going to come up with. Uh, One of the the guys I know has been in touch to talk about uh, kids hockey in Scotland compared to what you guys are up to over in uh, Canada. So we'll get to that. Um, But yeah, welcome to the Galbraith Report. 
Okay, Jade, let's start. Seattle Kraken was the, the, the one I wanted to talk about this week yeah. because we, we did, we sort of covered at the top end of the NHL last week. So I think it's important we, we kind of go to the, the bottom end. And the Kraken, this is their first year. Um, they haven't had a great time of it results wise. They are kind of languishing. But that first year is always a, a transition, isn't it? They're obviously not happy about uh, the way their season's going with um, with being second last in, in in the Eastern Conference right now. Um, because of Vegas, Vegas, um, I don't know if they were just, uh, um, like traveling back in time to see, you know, which players were going to work out and which weren't going to work out. Um, but anyway, I don't know what they did, but it was a pretty amazing team that they put together. So I don't know, um, the ins and outs of the fantasy or not fantasy draft, um, expansion draft, but I'll tell you right now, Vegas figured it out early. So when everybody, even myself, was saying, uh, I thought the Kraken were going to be a lot better than what they are this year, a lot better. Going, looking up and down their lineup now, maybe there wasn't as many um, top-rated second, third liners that people weren't protecting as there was when Vegas came in. And maybe that's to do with all the uh, GMs are like, well, we're not going to let Vegas take our players to make it to the Stanley Cup final in the first year. So they probably, you know, learned a lot from that draft as well, I'm thinking. So, you know, poor Vegas or poor uh, Seattle, uh, I think had a tougher time getting those elite players that were let go by, by um, you know, every club. So I think by, by, by the crack and not having, you know, the draft picks to trade and all that stuff, uh, I think they, um, you know, they got the raw end of the deal. But on the other hand, I think the other GMs just woke up and said, hey, we, we got to protect these players that we think are going to be, um, you know, great players going on. We can't just protect the names. We got to protect, you know, the players that um, that are going to go and, and do what Vegas did. And I think uh, all the teams kind of, um, you know, said, woke up and said, okay, these guys are, are, are players we have to keep. We just have to keep. So I think uh, – like the carry prices, they let those guys go. They were never going to let those guys go before, uh, when Vegas was going there. They'd rather keep a name. So um, I know all of uh, what happened with Price is a little bit different. But um, but uh, on the other hand, you know, I, I think I have to draw it up to just the GMs uh, around the league waking up, you know, just saying, hey, you know, we got to be better this, this time around and we can't let Vegas just purge all of our players. So – that's that's the reason why, for the most part, I think um, Vegas um, did as well as they did. Why um, why Seattle's not doing as well? But again, Seattle has great friggin' management. Ron Francis is there. They have people that know hockey. So I think this is just a blip. I think they're going to be great next year. But again, thirty nine points already there. Well, what are they like? One point. Let me look. They're one point. I think they're one point more than Arizona. Um, at the yeah, one. Oh no, they're last now. Oh no, yeah, they're. Oh, they're last in the Pacific. Yeah, one point ahead. Yeah, you're right, one point ahead. So, so yeah. With that being said, like, come on, like, it's it's. Let's just get every, everything out in the open here. The NHL is an impossibly hard league. I like impossibly. Like, I, I don't care when a team gets pissed off about being last place. Let's be realistic here. There's an unbelievable amount of talent in this league. And if you don't have talent, you don't have shit. I don't care how hard your team works. I don't care anything like that. Talent will win you Stanley Cups. Talent will get you into the playoffs. If you have young talent, you know, that needs to be developed, awesome. But if if you don't have – if you have older talent that's on the way out, that's another thing, right? You, you need to put talent with work, and you need to put work with smarts. Smarts in the NHL – uh, is 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 not as much as I'd like. There's a lot of just one-way players down the wall dumping the puck in, and and it's kind of bothering me a bit. The the smarter players eat up the NHL. You know, the grinders, the guys that are just going up and down the walls, you know, are good defensively, stuff like that. Those guys are a dime a dozen. You can find them anywhere. Um, what you need to find is those guys that go up and down the wall, play great defensively, but, but can pitch in for a goal and a half here, you know, as a line here and there. Um are going to be the teams that, that come out of this. So again, it's, it's like I said before coaching, if you can get those grinders to buy in and to produce a little bit and have your, your, the key is having your superstars buy in as well. 
Uh, it started out with uh, Steve Eiserman said it best. He said, um, Scotty Bowman came up to me and said, uh, do you want to win more scoring championships? Do you want to win a heart trophy or do you want to win Stanley Cups? And, and Steve Eiserman said, I want to win Stanley Cups. And he changed his game right around. His point production went way down because he was buying in. He was playing defensive hockey. He was he was getting his other teammates as a captain. You need to buy in. So um, getting a little off topic of the Kraken, what I'm saying is if you have those players, you're going to win games. But the Kraken right now, you know, first year, it's, it's not great. But again, um, you know, they got great people working there. Give them a couple more years and I can see them uh, challenging for, for the, you know, uh, the lead in the Pacific there at some point um, coming up. And that's always the same with these franchises. I mean, you, you've highlighted Vegas and, and their progress in their first year. But for every team, that first year, it, it's all about finding your feet, finding your level, you know, if you could put it that way as well. And it, it was always going to be tough. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah, it, the thing about uh, um, uh, expansion drafts is, you know, it, it, the players you pick, you know, you have to have a great scouting staff. You've got to find, but again, you, you don't have an identity as a first year team. You know, you, the identity, are you guys going to be a scoring fast team? Vegas right off the bat had an identity, speed, 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 right? Vegas are, are, are the crack and I just don't see an identity with them yet. You know, uh, Giordano, their captain, probably one of the best captains in the NHL right now, bar none. Um, had him in Calgary, saw him all the time, uh, talked with him a few times, like just an unbelievable man. Um, you know, undrafted to do what he's done is, is unbelievable. And they're talking about trying to get him back, but I just don't see it happening. They're trying to get, um, from what I hear, Toronto might be in the mix for that. That'd be an unbelievable pickup for Toronto. Um, just with his leadership and his experience, you know, um, he'll do whatever it takes. And if Toronto can get him, the, uh, my, my view of Toronto goes up a ton. I still don't think they have enough to, to contend for the cup, but, um, you know, uh, that's going to definitely help them in the right direction. But the Kraken, you know, they they gave it a chance. It's it's not going to work out this season. But, um, you know, they, they've got some great assets and, and great people there that, um, you know, I can see next year them fight for a playoff spot uh, with the right moves on the offseason. Giordano, I'm, I'm looking for the article here. Did he not reach a big milestone quite recently? Yeah, I think he had a 1,000 games in the NHL. Yeah. Yeah, and that's unbelievable as an undrafted player. Like, that's just unheard of. So, you know, um, he's probably not listening, but uh, kudos to you, Gio. If, if you do ever hear this, uh, congratulations, buddy. That's an amazing opening. Fantastic. So what else has stuck out for you this week in the world of the NHL? What have you been watching? Um, well, just Calgary. You know, I'm here all the time. I've been watching Calgary. Um, <laughs> kind of, um, you know, they kill me sometimes. Sometimes they look like they're the best team in the NHL, and then sometimes they're just – you know, lying in the weeds, right? Um, so I was I was thinking, we were chatting about, um, you know, who, who we think might be Stanley Cup contenders, and I, I filled out four, two in the Eastern Conference and two in the Western. Now, I'm a little biased because I think Calgary, um, you know, could be one of those teams. Again, I'm on the fence about them because, you know, they take uh, they played Washington the other night, and they take a 3-2 lead. And you could totally tell, like, from the way they were playing that something's going on. You could even see Sutter on the bench kind of going, pacing up and down, trying to get his guys going. Uh, I'm really surprised he didn't call a timeout after they scored the third goal to tie it up because, again, you could just see Calgary just dip down. Their momentum was totally shot. So when I see stuff like that, especially by Washington's a good team. Don't get me wrong. Washington's a good team. They're they're. Their um, their experience, you know, they won a cup in the last few years. You know, they're you know they're not no pushover, but to see Calgary just give them that game, just I don't know. It doesn't. Uh, it's a good test to see playoff hockey and, and Washington's playoff hockey team. So to see that really kind of kind of um, gave me a, a a little bit of a hesitation. So I'm on the fence about Calgary a bit, but but I still see you know, if they get consistent, that, that there's not a better team in the Western Conference. Now, the other team in the Western Conference, I think, is Colorado as well. Like, Colorado is is running away with that. Um, I'm still – I just don't know if they have the winning experience, the playoff experience to win a cup. I think they're going to go far. 
Um, you know, if they can shore up their goaltending a bit, if, you, if they can start playing a little bit better defensively, which they do. It always seems like they, when they win, they win 4-1, 5-1, all that kind of stuff. But when they play good teams, it seems like they lose 5-4, 6-4, stuff like that. So, um, you know, when playoffs come, they, they, they got to decide if they're going to have a track meet or if they're going to, you know, stay back and, and you know, play a good defensive system. And that, and that comes down to coaching as well, right? I uh, like Bednar a lot. Um, I'm not sure if he can get them there. Um, I, I, not, I, nothing but my just watching, just seeing how, how, they, how, how they play in those games. And then when you play a, a number one team and you're a number one team, it comes down to coaching. Right, because the teams are so even that you got to think. Okay, well, you know, you have to have a plan. It's not in Game Seven of the playoffs. Throw out coaching. Coaching has nothing to do with it. It's all the players wanting it. But in a long series like that, there's got to be, you know, um, things that like adjustments that coaches will make to 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 get their team the advantage. So um, I'm not sold on Colorado exactly yet, but uh, if any team can figure it out, I think. uh, right now, my predictions are Calgary, Colorado in the conference finals. Um, if they don't play each other before that, I'm, I'm not sure if they do or not um, with the, the uh, wild card and all that stuff. But um, uh, seeing see as they're um, in different uh, Pacific and then, and then what is it, Central? So anyway, um, those are the two teams I think um, I like a lot in the in the East or in the Western. And then um, I was thinking I like Florida. Like they're an unknown to me. They're they're man. Some games I watch, they win. Like they had a span where they scored like fifty goals in five games or six games or something like that, where they were scoring friggin' like eight, ten, nine, ten, eight goals a game. And then you know you look at their players and you're like, okay, are these guys track meet guys as well that just play one hundred foot hockey in the offensive zone? But then you look down and you see you know you see a Sam Bennett, you see uh, a Barkov who. Those two guys are as good as it gets in the, in the offensive zone. Um, Barkov, he leads the league every year in takeaways. Like he has probably has a long he has a longer stick than Char, I think. So that kind of helps. But <laughs> that guy, man, is is he at a young age has bought into what it takes to win Stanley Cups. He does everything right. He gets a lot of points, which is great. He could get way more, but he is so good defensively. He helps his guys like Huberto who uh, Huberto's having a hell of a season. I think he's leading or, or he's top three in the league right now in points. And that's an amazing milestone, especially when you got McDavid, Dreisaitl, Crosby, you know, uh, Kane, uh, all those guys, Kucherov, all those guys. So for him to have a season he's having, you know, it, it, whenever you have a good season, my seasons, every 100-point season I had, I had good line mates. If anybody says that they did it on their own, they're fucking lying through their teeth. You need players that do things that you don't do. I had those guys when I played all the time, and um, you know I got the accolades, but I'll tell you right now, I don't get even any of those things without the line mates that you do. And he is the guy that will get maybe a Huberto uh, scoring championship. And I, I bet you Huberto, the first thing he says is is he, he'll thank his line mates and, and Barkov for sure. Um, what I don't see from Florida is any – experience as well their first round second round kind of team you know um might be at that precipice of 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 getting past uh tampa or getting past you know um uh, carolina stuff like that um that is going to be the tough tough thing um but again it remains to be seen i'm a rooting for him I, I think they got the team uh, their goalie plays out of his mind when he's going. He's he's kind of another thing that uh, if he wants to play, he's the best goalie in the league. When he doesn't, he's an average goalie, right? So um, that's the thing that I think is going to be huge is if there, he can play the way he can play. If he plays even 90% of his capacity, they're going to go to the cup final, I think, because they, they do everything else well. Um, so my, my final one before we go to break um, is Tampa Bay. Uh, I know everybody's like, well, they won two cups in a row. Well, they won two cups in a row. You can't ever, until a team dethrones them, they're the best team in the NHL. It's just the way hockey goes. Right now, they are the best team in the NHL. I don't care their record. If they make the playoffs on the eighth seed, look out number one seed because this team um, has winning DNA. Two Stanley Cups in a row hasn't been done in, well, since um, um, Detroit did it, like 30 years ago or whatever. 
So to be able to do that, Pittsburgh didn't win two in a row. No. Oh, no, they did. You're right. You're right. Sorry, my fault. Pittsburgh. Yeah, you're right. And then before Pittsburgh, because Pittsburgh won three in the last whatever. Um, Did Chicago do it too? I don't know. Either way, not how many teams out of the 50 years we just talked about, right? Not a lot. So to be able to do that, especially in in this era of hockey, um, you don't see it. Even in any sport, it's so hard to repeat as um, as a as a champion, except in football when you're Belichick and Brady, but that's an anomaly, right? Anyway, um, yeah. So Florida or Tampa Bay again? I think um, until they're dethroned, they have to be contenders. Well, um, they are very very well coached. Um, they have great defense, and then they have the best playoff goalie out of the last two years by far in their net. He Vasilevsky is unbelievable. It, t- it helps to be that athletic when you're six foot five or however tall he is. He's the new breed of goalie, moves quick, um, and he's big. So if he plays like I said with with Florida's goalie Bobrovsky, um, if those two guys have a matchup, man, that's going to be a hell of a season. You, you gotta you gotta just cha- capitalize on your chances because uh, I'll tell you right now, you're not not going to get a lot of goals off of those guys. So. Uh, for cup contenders, I think those four are are right in my wheelhouse right now. Again, we'll do another one of these um, in a month or so, right before playoffs start, where I'll where we'll go over again and I'll see if these four are the teams I think again. But but right now, I'm I'm taking uh, Florida, Tampa, Calgary, and Colorado. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to the Galbraith Report. Set for part two. Jade's given us his Stanley Cup picks, but I'm going to stay on NHL for just a little bit longer. We did have another topic lined up, but I want to throw a curveball at you here, Jade. Montreal <laughs> Canadiens, Stanley Cup finalists last year. They lost out to Tampa Bay Lightning. This year, bottom of the pile. What's happened there? Um, a lot's happened. First off, Carey Price was gone for the season. Um, that guy is a proven winner. Unbelievable. I can't say anything more about the guy. So to lose that him right off the start, um, again, it's hard to say. They, they to, For them to make the Stanley Cup final last year, the moon's aligned for him. You know, Price was out of his friggin' mind. They found goals from, from rookies. Cole Caulfield had a hell of a playoffs. Um, Nick Suzuki, man, if they would have got – if they had traded that guy this year, uh, I would have said the worst organization in the history of hockey. That kid – is going to be a hell of a friggin' player, and his, his stock to me has risen immensely in the last two years. To have a year like that, like like what everybody says, to to, to you have to complete a successful a su- successful act twice. So what I mean by that is anybody can have a, se- a great season, and then the next year, if they don't, you know, if people people will be like, okay, well maybe it's not, you know, maybe he's just he had a lucky year playing with somebody, you know, coach liked him, all that kind of stuff. But Suzuki to do what he's doing this year on that team, um, I give him kudos like crazy, man. The the, the skill on him and the and the patience and the, and the and the vision makes him the player he is. He's what five five? Like is he even? I don't even think he's six feet tall, and he's 160 pounds, so he's not going to overpower you. Right, he doesn't have the explosive speed, so he's not going to beat you wide. His shots average as well, you know, a little bit above average. But his brains and the way he sees the ice out there is why you know he was a first rounder and why he's doing the things he's doing. Like I, I always talk about guys with vision. I had vision. I didn't have much else. I could see the ice really well, and I could score on goalies, which wasn't hard. It was pretty easy actually. But again. Like it, it, you got to, there's so much other things to look at and, and he, he gets it like Brad Marchand, same thing. Like that guy gets it. Kucherov again, his vision is unbelievable. Dry sidle vision is unbelievable. You make people do what you want to do when, when you have vision like that and put them in spaces that they don't want to be. So I love watching that kid. It, it shocks me every time that he has a three or four point night with Montreal, because again, he, he uh, has, doesn't have much to work with. So 
Um, again, I just think Montreal, how they made it there was goaltending first, buying into a system, knowing that they're not going to score a lot of goals. They got to win two, one, they got to win three, two, um, and, and patience. And they, they, they bought in and, and I think, um, you know, the other teams that were playing them just uh, underestimated them, you know, thought it was going to be an easy shit, uh, easy, easy round to beat. And, and they, they, they stomped them. So, um, again, uh, poor Montreal this year. I'm, I'm not a big Habs fan. My grandpa was a big Habs fan. So I'd hear about him all the time, but which 90 year old guy back in the day wasn't a Habs fan, right? Habs or Leafs. There's only two teams. Nobody was a Rangers fan. Nobody made a couple of Bruins fans, maybe a Detroit fan here and there, but it was Montreal or Toronto. So I'd hear about him all the time. And, and, um, yeah. So anyway, uh, sorry, grandpa. Um, I really don't like them, but, um, that is why I think they, they are the topple topple down this far. Right. The topic we were going to talk about, which is on our list is the elite league title race here in the UK. You played here for five years, Jade, you represented Nottingham Panthers for three years. And what was the Brayhead clan for two years now, the Glasgow clan, which is how we met uh, through my, my work yeah. at that particular club. And I know you've been sort of boning up on, on what's been happening. You know, your take from, from where you are in Calgary, what, what have you made of the, the title race over here so far? Well, Last time I looked, about uh, four or five days ago, Cardiff was first. Like, what did we talk? Two weeks ago, Cardiff was was first or second right up there. And I don't didn't look at their, their schedule, but they look like they must have lost a few games in a row here. Um, is that right? Yep. Um, so, the recent of which was to Dundee. Um, we recorded on Thursday. It was Wednesday. Um, they lost holy. They did beat the clan on Sunday. Um, last week, and I'm trying to get into this page here, and all I keep seeing is Calgary fucking flames. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm blaming well, you got to get used to them, man. I live here. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, like you were saying, um, when I looked last, um, I didn't want to. I didn't want to go in depth because I wanted to wait a couple weeks till we talked again. But um, I had a feeling Belfast. I'm not being. Uh, um, um, uh, what are those guys called? Uh, uh, future Jones. Seer or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I Belfast is Belfast, man. They're going to be there every year. I don't care uh, if it's 10 years, uh, another 10 years. When I was there, Belfast was always right there every single year. You know, they have their top four, top three, usually Belfast, Sheffield, Nottingham when I played. So um, I was always – you know, kind of biased because they always, you know, brought in the better players, had a little bit more money to throw around, all that stuff. And I found now that, um, you know, some other teams are popping up there, man. It's a way better, way more diverse league. The better players are going everywhere because, again, the, the league's getting a lot better. But like I said, I, I saw Cardiff as a team that was up there. But, you know, um, looking at the, the wins that they had, they were playing, you know, bottom bottom five teams. So, I kind of figured that they'd drop off if they had to play, you know, some meaningful games. And Sheffield, same thing. They're always up there all the time. And like I, I'm like I'm looking at the stats right now. One more win, you know, it's even even Belfast and Sheffield. Now, Beth, I don't know who has the season series between Belfast and, and Sheffield if they did go to a tie. Um, but again, it's tie, right? A tie break, or do they actually play a game? I think it comes down to regulation wins, and I need to check the league website. Yeah, website. either way, either Keep way. Talking, we'll have a look, um, and I'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I, I thought Cardiff was going to slip a bit, not that much. You know, there's there's seven points back, and they're three games uh, in hand. So, or not three games. Uh, the other teams have three and four games in hand. So, so um, I think Cardiff, unless they beat Sheffield and Belfast continuously till the end of the year. Uh, I don't see them coming coming back and, and winning this. Um, Belfast, I'd like to see. Um, I'd like to know who Belfast, Sheffield, and Cardiff play the last ten games of the season well, here. I just to, um, I can tell you right now on uh, tomorrow, that Friday. So it depends when you listen to this. Friday, Belfast host the Sheffield Steelers. Oh, huge game! It's gonna be a big, big game. Is that so? Belfast hosts in Belfast. Shit, man, that's that's a tough place. That's a tough place to friggin' win, man. A really tough place to win. Do it all again on Saturday. It's a double header. Wow. Okay, that could. So uh, Belfast wins both. They 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 got. Um, well, what do they got after that? Belfast. Do you do you know? Uh, either way, it doesn't matter. If they have an easier time, if they place some. I know. Well, I, 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 you know, we do this live, right? We don't have all these stats just lined up. So. 
That's that's why I like doing it live, man. We just well, right off the hand, buddy. Right. So you've got the, the double header between Belfast and Sheffield um, Friday, Saturday, as we record this. Belfast are also in the Challenge Cup final uh, this Wednesday coming against the Cardiff Devils. Um, that is being held in Belfast. Don't ask. Um, then next weekend, they host the Dundee Stars on the Saturday and then they go to Manchester Storm on the Sunday. And then they host your old team, the Nottingham Panthers, Friday and Saturday. Um, going into the Ooh. weekend in March before they come to my boys, the Glasgow clan, on the last game of the month, um, 29th of March. So they, so they have a few, uh, they have, Belfast has a few bumps in the roads. Again, I think this weekend is going to be where, where it's going to happen. It has to. If Sheffield can pull out two wins, they'll be two points up with a game in hand, right? So, um, and again, they don't play each other again, so their their fates are in each other's hands or in in, in their own hands. Um, I think Cardiff can play spoiler, um, definitely because I'm uh, well. They play Belfast, right? Um, no, they don't. They only play the Challenge Cup. Sorry, Sheffield play Belfast three more times in April. Holy! And then Sheffield go to Belfast the following week. That's the kind of second and the third week of April. So yeah. wow. Okay, so they all, you know it's. So that's it. That's like the elite league. Every single year is that if the, when the top teams play each other, whoever wins those wins it. I've noticed that whenever I was, we were challenging for for the um, the, the championship. Um, we always lost, you know, to Belfast. We lost to Sheffield. We lost to you know teams that we should shouldn't have lost to. If you want to win a championship, so that's the thing about the elite league. It doesn't matter. You could lose a game to a lower end team. Doesn't matter when you you have to consistently beat those top four teams. If you do that, you're going to win it. So I think Belfast right now, I think first game being in Belfast coming up on Friday, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. That's right. In Belfast. I think if Belfast wins that game, they got the league. Two games. Are if they game don't, they're both in Belfast. Yep. Okay. So Belfast, I, I'm just saying if Belfast wins that first game Friday, I think they have it because again, they will be Sheffield will be, um, you know, squeezing their sticks, you know, and, and it's just a mental thing, right? No, and then they'll have a... That. The Steelers um, lost twice last week to Dundee, home and away. Um, Dundee beat them home no. and away last week. So, again, this is where it gets absolutely interesting because... Yeah. Three-game losing streak. You wouldn't you wouldn't expect Sheffield to, to lose to Dundee, you know, just like you wouldn't expect Cardiff to lose to Dundee. Cardiff, incidentally, have lost four of the, the last five, um, which makes life yeah. a bit interesting, certainly, that, that top end. Um, that, the- that's another thing I, I loved about the Elite League is is the lower-end teams can catch you, man. They they can ru- they could throw a wrench right in your friggin' system and, and blow up your season. I remember we lost to friggin' Hall a couple times one year, and Hall was, you know, bottom of the barrel. Um, and we had Hall in our own rink in Nottingham. And, and, and you know as well as anything, to win in Nottingham is friggin' tough. I don't care who you are to win in Nottingham, man, is tough, tough thing to do. And they beat us twice and we lost by like, I think six or eight points, but you know what I mean? Like those are just killer season killers. So for Sheffield to be on a two game losing streak right now, going into Belfast, this is their season right here. hundred percent. They win, they win these two, they, they control their own fate. If they don't, then Belfast has to really, really lay an egg the next couple months or next so month. You're, you're counting out Cardiff then. Yeah, you're uh, right no. now, there's seven points out, and they've played three and four more games. That's right. I just don't see it. Unless they win out. Unless they can win out and they get a lot of help, I, I just don't see it. Because even if Sheffield beats Belfast one out of two, let's just say they, they split, right? There's still three three games ahead. Cardiff's three games ahead of uh, Sheffield and three games ahead of, of, of two games ahead of Belfast, and that's if Cardiff doesn't even play, and they're still eight and seven points behind. So I just oh, I can't see Cardiff unless they win out and they get a lot of help. I just can't see Cardiff doing it. But hey, you never know, man. In this league, like anything can happen. But if I was to put money on it, um, I'd say Belfast. Um, if they win tomorrow, uh, Friday then I think they, they, they got the handle on it. 
Should also point out, just as I look at the standings here, Belfast, top of the league, as you rightly say, Jade, 66 points from 41 games, two ahead of Sheffield Steelers. Belfast have scored 167 goals. That's the most of the 10 teams in the Elite League. And they've also conceded just 77. The only team out with, uh, the only team from the 10 who haven't conceded 100 goals or more, which is incredible. And you think they've still to ship 23 before they get near 100 goals. Um, so scoring, they're getting it right. Defensively, they're getting it right. I yeah. pick Belfast. Well, that's why they're first, I'm, right? I'm not sitting here trying to sound smart, you know, given where they are and, and the way things are. I picked them out from the start. They're the team that's impressed me any time I've seen them this year. Um, and I think they're, they're fully deserving of that, that spot at the top. And as you yeah. say, this week could be a defining one. Sheffield have lost their last three. Um, I mentioned that the two losses to Dundee, they also lost in Fife the, the midweek before Holy as well. Shit. So, yeah, you weren't expecting that, were you? I could tell with that. No, I didn't. I knew they lost two because we talked about it. But, man, I'm saying right now to lose four straight as a top three team in the Elite League, you're almost home. Or, no, I'm saying, no, they've lost three. But I'm saying if they lose to Belfast and lose four in a row, that is that's a uh, I don't know I don't know if they can come back from that psychologically if anything as a as a team you're like they were first we were rolling and then you lose four in a row holy cow that just and especially at this time couldn't happen at a worse time for them so Simsy better get his shit together and better get those guys rolling for them man because this this um this can't happen if they want to win so come on Simsy get your shit going yeah have a word with the boys that's what, that's what we'll say. So, <laughs> before we go to another break, Jude, I want to ask you, um, obviously having played here and, and played in North America, the, the, the focus in this country regarding the league championship is the what you would call the regular season. Whoever's top of those standings after so many games, top of the tree are, you know, out of those 10 teams. Whereas the focus in North America and pretty much a lot of other places across the world, the focus is on the playoffs. Does that require some kind of adaption in your mind that you know instead of aiming for the playoffs you'll want to go for the playoffs because that's still there but it's very different in the UK you follow me 100% as soon as I got there um you know all I was told is hey we got to be number one we got to be number one and as a hockey player making the playoffs is is your only goal your second goal is to be playing your best hockey going into the playoffs right so Making the playoffs is the number one goal in any hockey season. Okay, President's Trophies, that's what they call the number one team in North America. They're always the best team. That's great. I've played on a million different teams where we were middle of the pack and I won championships. So that right off the bat, that has nothing to do with anything. You know, you're a great team during the regular season, blah, blah, blah. Who gives a shit? What I think wins championships is when you're playing your best going into the playoffs. Now, coming from North America – and then going to to England or, or the UK to play um, really opened my eyes because it's more of a, a football feel, right? The, the football is the only thing you're there for is to be the top of the table or not to get relegated, right? So the number one team is the best team to win through the season. So that is probably why I think there's such a uh, emphasis on winning the the, the top spot. Um, playoffs is great. Challenge Cup's great. But to win that number one is the only thing that matters to, to the fans, to, to, to organizations. So when you're bringing in people that have not played in the UK and you're, and you're telling them, you know, this is what it is. This is how you have to do it. This is why you're here is to be number one. And then to tell them, I don't really care if you win another game after you win their season. That's just not the mindset we bring in. Um, and again, it bothered me a little bit too, because I love playoffs. I love it. It's my favorite hockey. It's where men, like good players, become great players. Anybody can do have a good regular season. To have a good playoffs and to win, it takes everybody. So that is why, probably why I got shunned a lot in the UK is because I really didn't care about a Tuesday game when we're second place in the league and we're playing a crappy team, right? That's why I go out and you know, have a few pops and, and whatever happened the next game happened the next game. That's my, that was my mentality, good or bad, whatever. Uh, when playoffs came, I was always over a point of game. I always, we won two championships in the playoffs. Um, you know, always did my best hockey in the playoffs because that is where like in hockey in North America, where we are trained, where we're, we're minds, right? 
right now, the regular season, I can't even really watch. I watch a couple highlights here and there, the flames, um, you know, a couple, watch some highlights of um, sports center, stuff like that. Cause it isn't the hockey that happens in playoffs. And if anybody that's played, that's listening, that's played playoff hockey in junior NHL uh, minors, anything like that, will tell you this one thing playoffs are a hundred times harder than playing in the regular season on at any league hundred times harder. It is so hard because the good players finally will do anything it takes. You know, the average players that work hard all the time, it's just so hard um, because you want to win because that's where, you know, uh, like, to win a Stanley Cup is the hardest trophy in, in sports, they say. Um, World Cup might be one that's pretty tough to win too, Olympic medals, all that kind of stuff. But but in a team sport, hockey's pretty hard. you got to win five, well, four rounds of game sevens, right? And after playing an 82-game season, it's friggin' tough. And to play against teams, you know, that – like some teams like Tampa and stuff, you look and they'll lose like 8-1 to Florida. And then you're like – you know what I mean? And then the first game of playoffs, they'll beat Florida 5-1 or something like that. It's just, it, it's a different animal. It, it's the, you get the best from everybody every night. And one mistake could lose you a series. So that, that is the pressure that, that you go through in the playoffs. And it's just, it's just, it's not the same as uh, the UK. And that's why, you know, a lot of the, the, the players that come from America and, and uh, Canada and, and, you know, even Europe, uh, Sweden, Finland, all those places, we're so used to winning championships in the playoffs, right? Getting to the playoffs is the only goal and then winning, right? Here it's a little, it's got the soccer or the football mentality. Sorry, didn't mean to say soccer. I meant to say football. So that mentality is a little bit different. <laughs> but anyway, that, that, that is why I think, um, um, a lot of the guys, you know, it's just different, a lot, very different. And again, I, I hope that the elite league will at some point, you know, make it a five game series first round in a seven and a seven. I know it's tough, maybe take a few um, games from the regular season off and then start playoffs a little early, but I'll tell you right now, the fans will absolutely love watching a five or seven game series than a one or two game just back and forth. The battle level, the, the 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 games will be so intense. It, it's just it's something else. So if I could do anything to the elite league, is make some playoff series, is make them make them seven games. And I'll tell you right now, man, the fans will be out of this world. It'll change hockey in the UK. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to the Galbraith Report. Well, we're on to part three already, and it just seems as though time is flying by. Um, we're going to talk about kids and junior development, and that's an area you can specialise in here, Jade. But I've got a question from a fellow I know, Alex Strachan. Um, he runs a club local to where I am um, called the Air Bruins, um, and he was saying it would be good to discuss the future of kids' hockey in Scotland. They're being restricted to playing in their age groups rather than their abilities. Kids are taking up the sport later due to COVID. Obviously, that impacted quite a lot on, on kids getting yeah. involved in ice hockey, uh, but they're not being given the correct opportunity to develop at their own speed. Firstly, Jade, what do you make of that? And give us a bit of an insight into the junior development in your part of the world. Well, yeah, that's a great question. Um, thank you for, for asking it. Uh, again, um, now that I'm coaching uh, younger kids' development and stuff too, um, I first think... Um, it's just the, the, the age groups, like you were saying before. Uh, a kid in Canada will start skating at as early as like three years old, three, four, five years old. They're playing actual hockey with, with teams at like six and seven years old. So um, I noticed first and in the UK that there's nobody playing hockey at seven years old, eight years old. There's no leagues. There's no teams that, that get that. There, there might be a couple kids here and there that um, go skating with their dads or stuff like that, but I never saw kids that age playing. 
And in Canada, when you're five, six, seven years old, you are on an outdoor rink 10 hours a day in the winter, 10. And that's being, being modest right there. The kids' opportunities that they have here are, are light years ahead of what the UK has. Just for, for, the, for one, one reason is, is the accessibility. We have, I could throw, I could hit a driver and hit three outdoor rinks from where I am right now. There's no, what is there not? There's probably zero outdoor rinks in all the UK, I would think, just because the weather, you, you can't handle it. So right, right there is you take away, say there's, say there's a hundred thousand kids in the UK that are under seven years old that want to play hockey. Just, let's just say that none of them can skate on anything other than rented ice. So right then you're limited to time. If you if your parents can get you at those times, right? Money. If your parents can pay to get you there, whereas here, a kid that's seven years old, I could go walk down. If it's a block away, walk down and skate for 10 hours for nothing and play with his buddies and do that and not have to worry about money, time, anything. And, and that is the reason why the, the best countries are the best countries. Finland, Sweden have the same thing. There's outdoor rinks everywhere. There's, there's, you know, opportunities that they can, they can skate. Um, you know, the amount of money to play hockey in Canada as opposed to playing hockey in the UK is astronomical. The ice is so expensive, you know, all those kind of things. So I think right off the bat, the reason is, is, is it's not uh, the number one sport in the UK. Football is 100%. You can walk down, you could probably from your place, hit a driver and hit a soccer field, at least two soccer fields from where you are. One right? It's the absolutely and that and that's because it is the number one sport in in your country in your area and rightfully so it's it's you know that's what you guys have been playing for for a thousand years probably I, I don't know I don't even know when it started but a long time so right off the bat it has to change to a more um viewed sport right off the bat there's got to be more games on tv there's got to be more teams there's got to be high bigger names there's got to be you know maybe a um a canadian uk you know um what's the word i'm looking for a relationship where where we we send people down there to kind of develop programs for for kids like that because i'll tell you right now the kids that i train come to me on a synthetic ice and i teach them shooting stick handling then they'll go to their practice then they'll go home in their garages and start shooting so, or doing stuff, stick handling. So right then that's six hours a day. And, and it's not even during the season in the summer, these kids, you know, they play soccer, baseball, all that kind of stuff. But again, they'll go home and shoot a hundred pucks before bed or they'll go on their rollerblades and cruise around and stuff because there's outdoor rinks that are even used in, in the summer that they go out and skate around on rollerblades and shoot. So we have the infrastructure to, to have these kids develop as much as they want to develop like it, it's so hard I, I hate saying money because i hate having money um you know uh depict how you know a kid's life you know in sports will be but it is if you don't have money to play hockey in the uk you cannot play hockey just the way it is you can't soccer all you need is a as a as a pair of sneakers and a ball and you can go out there and, and practice and do all your thing Right, you need skates, you need gloves, you need equipment, you need uh, sticks are two hundred and fifty dollars. So a soccer ball is what 20, 20 pounds. Sneakers are 30, 40 pounds uh, just for a ragtag. So that's a hundred as compared to you're going to spend a hundred dollars or a hundred pounds on a, on on going to to a camp for a weekend. You know what I mean? And this kid can have that stuff for his whole summer. So. I think right off the bat, there's got to be maybe a government intervention um, on helping subsidies to help, you know, maybe put some more rinks, to put some outdoor rinks with synthetic ice, to get these kids the equipment they need. But I'll tell you right now, the government's never going to do that until the sport becomes more popular. And it's not popular enough right now. So I think right off the bat, it's just, it's not in the cards for those kids, which, which is terrible because hockey is an unbelievable sport. You mentioned the outdoor rinks and you were saying how you could hit a driver and there's about three within reasonable distance to where you live. Who owns and operates these rinks for the kids to get on for free? The cities. 
So the city, the city of Calgary owns probably, there's probably 50 outdoor rinks right. in Calgary alone. And then every small town has about two or three. I lived in Hannah, Hannah, Alberta, population of a thousand people. And our outdoor rink was awesome. Had lights on till whenever we wanted to pull the plug. There was a plug that they would just leave on. Last person there pulls it. Like that's how awesome small towns are. I skated on that every day after school for the, the two or three years I lived there with all my friends. So a small town, there was, there was people at the outdoor, there was about 50 people a day at the outdoor rink. That's how, you know, how much people love hockey here. It's, 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 it's not a sport. It's, it's a livelihood. You know, it's not, you don't play hockey, you live it. So that's, that's where, where the UK got to, got to, got to understand that if, if you want a sport to be, be, you know, have the opportunities for the kids, you, you got to watch it. You got to love it. You got to have people that will uh, devote their time, energy, money into, into making it, you know, a bigger, bigger sport. If you don't, then you're going to have a kid that doesn't play till 14 and, you know, and that's great. Any, any time you start hockey, I, I give you credit for, but if you want to, as a country, want to be better at a sport, you got to put time and money into it. And, and they're just not ready right now. I take you back to one of the things Alex asked was about the, the kids in their age groups um, who are being restricted to playing in their age groups rather than being allowed to move up maybe a little bit earlier because of their ability. How, how, how does it work over in Canada? If you've got a kid well, who's say, under 12, 13 that is actually a, a cut above everybody else, are they allowed yeah. to go to 14, 15? It, it does. You are allowed. Like um, in junior, um, the Western Hockey League has an exception rule. So if you're a 15 year old, that's unbelievable. Connor Bedard is a kid that's he's going to be a first overall pick uh, in the NHL draft. This kid's just got it all, and he played as a 15 year old in the Western Hockey League. I played as a 16 year old, which, which that is usually the age that you can only start playing junior. So I played with 21 year olds when I was 16 years old. So that's a, that's a five, five year, four years, four or five years um, difference, right? So you can play with those older players if you're good enough. Right. Now, when you're a younger kid and say you're 10 years old and you're good enough to play with the 13-year-olds, right? There will always be a parent or somebody on a team that will say, well, he's taking, a, he's taking my kid's ice time. He's taking this. He should play his own age, blah, blah, blah. So parents in, in Canada um, – ruin a lot of kids lives because of i don't know why why can't they can just shut their mouths and let the kids go out uh they always have their own opinions about stuff again you know you're you're there because the kid loves hockey first and foremost once you don't make it fun for them you're ruining their 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 love for it it, it takes it away so that happens a lot with younger kids is if they're good enough a coach won't want to take them because they're taking a spot away from, you know, a kid that's the same age or, or a friend of a parent that they get cut and they're like, well, this kid shouldn't be playing here because he's this. So there's a lot of politics in, in kids that are younger's hockey. It's, it's really sad to see because a lot of kids, um, you know, that they just get it ruined. Now what I would say is if the kid's good enough to play at a higher age, hundred percent should play. If it's not good enough to play at that age and a younger kid takes his spot, well, I'm sorry, you know, that's life. You know, we, we, we can't just keep those kind of kids down because they're exceptional. You know, if the kid's good enough, play them. I always say that. Again, if the kid that's on the bubble, the kid that's on the bubble that can't make that team, work harder, train harder, put them in more spots, um, spots to succeed, all that kind of stuff, right? Don't just blame it on a kid being better. That kid can get better. So I always think that it's a touch, touchy subject. Again, hockey should be played by everybody. But I'll tell you right now, uh, parents that think their kids are going to get to the NHL, um, you have to wake up. Kids that are elite at this age, you know, might – I played with a couple guys that had agents at 13 years old, and they never amounted to anything. So um, it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a long process. I never thought I was going to play professional hockey, you know, with how I was when I was younger. Right. But I got better every single year. There was millions of kids that were way better than me, but I got better every year. And, and I, lucky I was talented. Um, uh, and that's why. But um, like I said, I think kids should play an older. I'm not saying a, a 10 year old should play with a 15 year old, not because they're, they're men against boys. But yeah. a couple years 
a little bit, a couple years, I think 100%. Because again, if you're keeping that kid back and you're playing against kids that he's going to dominate like crazy, he doesn't get better. You only get better playing with better kids, older kids. That's the only way you're going to get better as a hockey player. If you play against the same kids all the time and you're so much better, you develop bad habits and it just gets too easy. You always want a sport to be harder and harder and harder. So that is my thing on, on the younger age groups. Now, that's in Canada. The UK, I think that's a must because they're, there's talking with, with, a, with a younger player when I got there, Robert Lakovich, and a lot of the kids, a lot of the listeners in the UK will know a ton about him, um, world championships, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and he was 15 or 16 when he played for the Nottingham Panthers. And he said that the, 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 the DNL is the junior league there, correct? Is that what it's called? So what's the junior, like the, 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 where the Lions play? What is that league called? It's the NIHL, they call it now. Okay, perfect. So he always said that there's some great players, but it's so watered down. The lower end half of a team will never play in the EIHL. It's just, they just won't. They're there be, to, to fill up space. So I 100% think in, in countries that don't have the, the, Mo, like in Canada, every kid plays hockey, right? So in the UK, not everybody does. So there's the high end is way better than the low end, like way better. In Canada, the high end to the low end elite players, you know, it, it, it's it's noticeable, but not nearly as much as the UK. So I think that um, in the UK, 100%, those younger kids have to play at a higher level because if they don't, they're not going to get better. They're not going to, they're going to play against easy, easy, easy players. They're not going to, you know, get coaching from better coaches and all that stuff. So I think um, a 100% until you get a, you get as much people playing hockey as they do here, which that probably will never happen. I think 100% you have to have those kids playing at a higher level because they're just not going to get any better. So Alex has, has provided a supplementary question on that. Um, he's looking for an idea of what you do in Canada to combat this issue if, if there is players that are being restricted or is that just non-existent? Does that just not happen? It doesn't happen. Not not if you're an elite player. If you're, if you're like We have a, a Super League and then we have community hockey and stuff like that. The Super League kind of does their own thing. But again, they take the best players. They're going to take them no matter... Um, I don't know if they jump two or three years... But um, if a kid is two years younger and he's trying out for my team and he is good enough to make the team, I'll take him 100%. To combat that, I, I, I think you shouldn't. I think you should, you should play the kids that are the best because as a country, you want your country to be, um, to be shown that, hey, these kids come from our country. They had the best training, all that stuff. And I know some parents and people are going to be like, well, what about the kids that – you know, don't make that team that could be as good. Well, they can still be as good. They just have to work a little harder in certain areas to get back. But I've been cut from so many teams, and that's what it's going to come down to is some guys that, you know, are younger will take a spot of a kid that, that, that probably should be playing there but, you know, just isn't good enough at that point. And I think cutting a player and getting cut, it makes you a better player, it makes you know what you got to do and know what you have to, um, you know, overcome. So, to combat that is is I don't think you should. I think if a kid is good enough to play at a level that's that protects them, I don't want a 12-year-old playing with a 15-year-old. Sorry. Unless that 12-year-old is Eric Lindros when he's 17 years old. Now, Eric Lindros, if people don't know him, he was about six foot five, 220-pound beast. And he played, uh, was the best player in the OHL at 16 years old. So that I can see. If a kid can't protect himself, I don't want him out there. But if he can protect himself and he can excel, then then 100%. If he has no fear, because a lot of kids that play with older kids get scared, right? It, it happens. I was scared of, you know, when I was 16 years old, I was scared of guys. Uh, John Morassi, um, people know him. He played uh, junior, and that guy was scary. Jordan Tutu, another guy. I never wanted to get hit by him because I'd die. But, you know, um, if you can protect yourself, everybody's going to be scared at some point. But if you can protect yourself, I believe you can play. You should play at any level that that is uh, depicted of your talent. Okay, just before we go to another break, let's ask you a question that was put to us after we recorded last week. And I believe you know this young man, Daniel Hellery, um, who's been in touch. And he's asked the question, what was it like scoring 130 points in one AJHL season? 
Well, uh, like I was saying before about Florida and Barkov, uh, my line mates were were awesome. Uh, I had uh, uh, my centerman was Dustin Sprout, who went to Princeton, um, went to Nottingham for for a little bit. Uh, we played together a little bit, and then he actually started up his own um, app, which was on Dragons Den, um, and they all bought it. So that was pretty cool. Um, but anyway, he was the guy that played defense. He was the guy that was took care of our own end for for a guy like me to go out and do what I did. The other guy was a pure scorer. Uh, Justin Williams, who, who again, every time I got him the puck, he'd score. So you need people, um, you know, to to um, combat your weaknesses and will help you with your with your strengths. I could pass the puck, I could score. I had two guys that could score. One guy played defense, the other guy was a pure goal scorer. So it was just like a perfect storm for that line. Um, happened. I, I've been watching the AJHL this year, and uh, I th- almost got beat. I was I averaged two point three five points per game my last year of junior, and this kid from Brooks averaged two point three one. So he uh, he had one hundred and I think thirty points in sixty something games, and I had one hundred and twenty nine in uh, in fifty five. So man, it, it was unbelievable to watch and uh, him putting up those numbers. It's good to see because it hasn't happened in a long time. So. Uh, Daniel, there you go, buddy. Uh, thanks for the question. I'm just looking at the stats, actually. That was 2001-2002. Fuck, 20 years ago. Wow. Yep. Believe me, buddy. I, I know and I feel it. <laughs> Drayton Valley, <laughs> let's take you through that. So 55 regular season games, 40, point, uh, 40 goals, 89 assists. So that's 129. 203 penalty minutes. What the yeah, fuck? I uh, I like to fight a lot then. Um <laughs> I, I would, and a, a lot of those are 10 minute misconducts from the ref for, for telling the ref to fuck off. So with a lot of fighting and a lot of 10 minute misconducts, um, I never took a lot of, of minor penalties. It was mostly fighting or telling the ref to fuck off. So um, a lot of those penalty minutes, um, you know, it doesn't depict, but uh, I was, as you know, I, I, you know, do what I want. I don't take a lot of shit. So, um, you know, I was, um, yeah, the funny thing is the playoffs, um, when we won, we won that year. I uh, The last game of the season, I got irked into fighting, and uh, I got suspended for the first game of the playoffs. So my coach, um, Ian Clay was his name. He, he ran me up and down, um, down the wall for doing that. So um, <laughs> it wasn't always uh, smart. I was kind of an idiot. Uh, I blew off the handles a lot. But, um, yeah, so um, that was a hell of a season. We won the, we won the championship. I had – I think I had 37 points in 14 games in the playoffs too. So um, it was a great season. We lost to Chilliwack um, Chiefs in the Doyle Cup final. Um, and again, I led led the the Doyle Cup in playoff or in points. And then um, uh, Tambellini um, uh, Tambellini uh, was a first rounder, so he played on Chilliwack. He was a hell of a player. That team had nine drafted kids. It was a tough, tough series, uh, but it was so much fun to play there. But anyway, thanks, Daniel, for the for the question, buddy. Appreciate it. Right before we do actually go to a break, driving with Jade. What's been what's been happening on the roads of Calgary this week? Let's piss you off. Well, yeah, um, funny you say that. Two days ago, I'm driving, and uh, I'm coming up to a red light, and I'm behind a person. And and as everybody, well, not everybody, because half the people don't know how to drive. You can turn right on a red light. So I, I pull up behind, I don't know if this was an older lady or whatever, maybe she just was scared shitless, but no cars are coming. I can't even see any cars coming down from the left side and you can turn on a red light. So I'm waiting. I wait 10 seconds and I give her a little beep. She pulls up just a tad, right? I wait another couple seconds. I hammer the, the horn again, moves up a bit. Finally, I lay on the horn and she looks back and she lifts her arms up and I point at the thing and she she just didn't realize that you can turn on a red light and that's why i think every driver in calgary should have to go and get licensed taught by somebody that actually knows that you should have to have a harder test to drive in in calgary i don't care anywhere else calgary is the worst driving in the world so that really peed me off so uh, that's my driving with jade today 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Well, that just about wraps it up for the Galbraith Report this week. I think we've covered quite a few subjects there. There could be plenty more we could talk about, but, well, we want people to go about their daily lives as normal, not have to listen to us. <laughs> to you, I suppose. Um, Jade, any, anything to add before we, we call it a day? Yeah, just, um, uh, again, any questions, send them in to Craig at um, the Galbraith Report, or Galbraith Report. Um, and i just like to do a shout-out to all my, my boys uh, that are starting playoffs this weekend. Daniel Hudson Miller and uh, Reed and uh, the the U16 AAA uh, North Stars. Um, they start playoffs uh, tonight, I think uh, Thursday. So I'm just wishing them the best. Um, and then all my my younger kids, uh, Caleb, Max, uh, Maddox, Zach, Owen, Connor, uh, Levi, Kingston, Lucas. Uh, anybody that I forgot, I apologize, but uh, we'll see you guys real soon and, and keep working hard. Yeah, best of luck, guys, in the, the playoffs and what we do really well. We'll get an update on that, I think, next week when we come back on just to see how Absolutely, we'll, we'll talk about it for sure. Definitely will. Right, well, that's it from the Galbraith Report. Thank you very much for listening. You can download us from your favourite podcast provider, subscribe and get new episodes as they arrive. Um, in the meantime, well, we'll have a chat and figure out what we're going to talk about next week. I'm keen to talk about fighting. You said about fighting. I want to, I want to explain. Sure, let's – I actually, a funny thing you say is uh, Sean McMore has a podcast cast as well and uh we were chatting the other day so um yeah maybe we'll we'll chat about uh sean i'll, I'll uh, send him a message if anybody knows he was the sheriff yeah. in dundee back in the day so <laughs> and in belfast but anyway i'm not thanks, had pleasure. i'd quite like to meet him but yeah let's drop out a guest list as well we'll start getting some guys on and hear some stories from them absolutely buddy in the meantime have a great week have a great weekend best of luck to your team whoever they are and jade and i will be back next week have a great one bye for now you too. bye Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.